I'm Kylie Sultana, your money mistress here at the Money Brew Podcast. We're going to get down and dirty and take the taboo out of the topic of money and get your financial world in order. Okay, guys, welcome back to part two of the podcast with Jo from Violetta Finance. So I thought Jo works with her husband, Carl, and has done for the past well, almost 10 years almost we've 10 established. Years, yeah. Um, So I really wanted to get a little bit of insight on how you guys manage money, conversations that you have around money, um, and with your son, how you've been influencing and being role models for him with money. So I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, but I'm all all about talking about money stories. And I really want, especially couples, because we've noticed in in our business, we have people approaching retirement, coming to see us. And literally sitting there having arguments because they've never talked about what they want to do in retirement. They've never talked about goals. So I would love to hear about you and Carl. Is one of you a spender? Mm. One of you a saver? Because with me, I'm the spender. Mm. Anthony's the saver. And I know in the early days of our relationship, there was a lot of problems. I was racking up some debt and I did have debt when I met him. So Tell me, tell me a bit about your money story and how how you and Carl have approached managing finances together. I think we have similar. So him and I can be quite opposite in in many yeah. things on a superficial level. Yeah, but on a deeper value level, um, we are very aligned. And although we had we had different upbringings, I think our upbringings gave us both a very similar philosophy around money. Yeah. And that is, um, well, one is if you can't afford it now, you can't have it now. Mm-hmm. And the other, and we both believe that quite deeply. Yes. And the other is spend money for yourself, not for other people. And what I mean by that is um, we like nice things. Of course. And we like to do nice things. Mm-hmm. I probably like to do nice things more than what Carl, Carl does, um, but we don't spend money on things to try to Im- impress people or to um, gain more status. Mm-hmm. So we've never, neither of us have ever been really people that want to have a lot of logos or mm-hmm. the most expensive car. Yep. We buy things to please ourselves. Yes, not, I love that. Not to please others. Um, you know, my my parents, when, when I was growing up, they, they worked really hard and so did Carl's family. So mm-hmm. we both come from really hardworking backgrounds. And I don't know if they could afford fancy cars, but they were always just driving something solid and reliable. Yes. And I'm, as a teenager um, where I lived and back because I'm 45, so I was a teenager in the 80s or 90s or something, and surf brands were really popular. Yes. Oh, because you're, you're from Sydney. I'm, I'm from, from Melbourne, Sydney. but yeah, it was yeah. the same. So it was the same yes. sort of era. Yeah. Um, Rip Curl, Billabong. Yes, Billabong. Roxy. Roxy. There was another. Rip Curl. Dulcy. Yep. I'll tell you a story about Dulcy in a second. Yep. And so um, I was always on to my parents about, oh, can I, I need a Rip Curl jumper. I need a Rip Curl jumper. And so mum was like, I could buy a plain jumper and I can applique 
rip curl onto it and it's like no that's not the same that's not the point that's not the same thing exactly yeah. and at my high school the uniform was actually gray stussy pants and a blue windshield and a white skivvy and everyone had stussy pants except for me and a few other um losers who had the cheaper americana pants <laughs> and mum would be like if people only like you for your pants then they're not real friends. And it's mm. like, oh, it doesn't work that way. But oh, I think your mum was onto something. I then. think she was mm. too, because those value I've grown up with those values. Mm. And so when I met Carl, it was really nice to meet someone who also had those values. Mm-hmm. Wasn't particularly frugal, yep. but had had those values from, from their upbringing. But where we differ is Carl is highly organized. Oh. Highly 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 organized and analytical and and um quite serious yeah and i am not never of those things (laughs) and so even though i had those those same values as him when i met him i was you know spending more than i probably should have nothing on credit no no debts or anything but you know yeah not saving as much as i could and spending and you know just a little bit out of control and um not on top of bills and mm. didn't when I moved to Melbourne from Sydney I didn't understand the the top the road tolls and they add up really quickly if you don't pay them straight let me away. tell you yes I've yes. actually started catching trains we're mm. not far from the metro yes. in Sydney um so for anyone that's listening I'm actually in Melbourne in person with yes. Joe recording yes. this <laughs> um but yeah we live close to the metro station and there's a shopping center that I regularly meet my sister at because it's halfway she lives in mm. Des Moines so we meet halfway at Macquarie shopping center just to have lunch and just getting our steps for the day up and down the big shopping centre. I don't always buy something. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the tolls. was, yeah. And you start looking at it and it's especially with this last interest rate rise, it's like we need to start actually cutting down because if there's another one, some things are going to have to be really dr- drastically changed. So, yeah, so I've actually started catching the train. It cost me $7. If I drove and took the tolls, it would have cost me like $25. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Like seriously. So no wonder, yeah, people, the cost of living, if you have to get to work and drive tolls. Sorry, I just went off on a tangent then about <laughs> tolls, tangent. tolls, 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 tangent. tolls tangent. <laughs> Message us on Instagram and let us know if tolls are like the bane of your existence. Oh, please. Well. Oh, yeah. my Lord. And, and you're right. If you've got the tag and it just automatically tops up, it's just one of those things that it just keeps yeah. going over and you just don't look at it. So, yeah, look at your tolls. Good Lord. Mm. You and prepare yourself. Like, you might need a scotch or something. Like, because <laughs> strong, it's a very strong brew. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, sorry to distract you from oh, your no, conversation that's, about Carl's. So, with money. So, when you first got together, did you kind of talk? About, I mean, over a first date, I mean, it's not mm. a sexy topic, is it, talking about money? But when did you start having those money conversations in your relationship? Was it in the early days or was it kind of when things got serious that you thought, hey, I better, we better suss this out? Things got serious very quickly. We moved in together very soon after meeting each other. Oh. I just feel like when you, you just, when you know, you just know. When you know, you know. And you're just comfortable and you just know. So we moved in together very early. And um, so we just started discussing finances very early and it wasn't like a big deal or anything weird or anything like that. It's Mm -hmm. just a discussion that you have about -hmm. about life, you know, like as simple as, well, who's going to, not simple, but 
just as you would not feel weird about talking about well, who's going to do the cooking and what sort of food you like and I'll, I'll be in charge of getting the groceries or, yeah. you know, whatever that is, mm-hmm. um, we talk about money as well because it's just a practicality. It is, you yeah. know. So yeah. it's not it's nothing to be frightened of. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a, it's a practicality. So um, yeah, very very early on, and Carl is just a very straightforward, no nonsense yeah. person. Mm-hmm. So we just spoke about it and yeah. started, you know, setting up our budget. Yeah, uh, we kept the finances separate. Yep. initially, mm-hmm. and then. Um, and then eventually just combined them because it just made more sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I see a lot of people that say keep it separate and I mm. think it's specific to each relationship yep. and you've got to do what you're comfortable oh, with. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, yep. and and I don't think you should ever be forced to mm. do something you're not comfortable with. Yes. So if you want to keep your account separate, then I, I think you need to do that. Yes. Um, and I think it's really good in the beginning too if you're living together to sort out who's paying the rent and all that sort of thing. So um you're definitely talking about money straight up is yeah. a very good thing I mean with Anthony and myself I was in a lot of debt when we first met and because I grew up in government housing like and I sort of didn't have a lot and I'd never had any role models and money wasn't discussed and money wasn't something that anybody ever had it was like we looked at people that had money in their own homes as lucky and they were the kind of the enemy if that's yeah. kind of if that makes sense yeah so I was really embarrassed to have conversations with him. So, but once we did start opening up and having those conversations, and lucky for me, like, you know, we just knew straight away as well. Yeah. We were engaged after 12 months. Um, and, you know, he just really helped me get on track. And it, and that's when I saw that if you just have a little bit of a, like a mentor or somebody guiding you, mm. that that's, um, so, and now that's how we are with our kids. So we encourage them to save and invest. So, Tell me about what you do for your son. Is there anything, what's your son's name? Marcus. Marcus. So what sort of, is there anything, and he's quite young, isn't he? Is yeah. there anything that you guys do now to try and get him to understand the cost of living and that everything's not a tap yes. on a card? Because that's a really big thing now, isn't it? Just, you know, oh, tap it on the card, mum. They don't see that yes. you work for that money. Yeah, he, he's he been interested in money from for quite a few years. He's only eight and so he has physical money. Yeah. And I quite like um, children of that age having physical money so it can be a tactile experience mm-hmm. rather than sort of um, some sort of ambiguous mm-hmm. almost co- construct or concept yeah. Yeah. that um, doesn't seem to be grounded in, in reality. And so, you know, as they get older, Getting getting them to understand how banking works and that kind of thing is important. Mm-hmm. But I think at, at Marcus's age, for us, we do want him to actually physically see money coming and, yeah, and, and going um, because you can't see it. No. I mean, you can if you've got an app, you can see it disappearing out of your bank account, but it's just a picture on a, a screen. It's yes. not a physical thing that you're having to hand over. Uh, so he, he has had pocket money for a long time. He earns money mm-hmm. uh he has his like chores that he needs to do he understands delaying gratification yes. so you might want something but you can't necessarily have it now because you don't have the money um you've got money but it's in he's got like yes. a savings mm-hmm. bucket and he's got a spendings oh, bucket yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he sort of was starting to yeah 
teach him about sort of separating your money for different different yes. things. And he also understands that once money's gone, it, it's actually gone. Mm. He does understand interest and compounding interest because oh. we talk a lot about those sort of things uh, to him and just in our house in general, mm-hmm. and he picks up on those conversations. So he is keen to get a bank account mm-hmm. for his savings because he wants to benefit from compounding I interest. Love that. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So we're happy to support him in that, but still the spendings pile needs to be, the spendings bucket needs to be tactile. Yes. So that needs to be cash. He got his first wallet about a year ago. Yes, and he was so excited. Was it a little Velcro? Yes. yes. Yeah. And he's like, took a photo with it, holding it, you know, holding it up and and all of that. So he, yeah, we'd, we'd, and I think as well for parents, if I'm reflecting on my own childhood, um, role mod- modeling good money behaviors mm. is the best lesson you can give. Absolutely. Kids. Oh, absolutely. Giving them pocket money, using that as a learning experience, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But role modeling those behaviors and being mindful of the conversations that you have because, you know, with your, with your partner or with other adults, mm-hmm. um, or what you say out loud, because they hear more than we realize mm-hmm. and they, understand more than we give them credit for a lot of the time yes I I think absolutely Mm. I I couldn't agree with that more um something we also used to do with our boys when they were younger they're like 23 and 19 Mm. now but when we went shopping for groceries Mm. it was like oh can I get that can I get that so we got them to stop and look at the price per hundred grand. Like I do that with Mark. And then we well. would give them the shopping list and then we would like and then they would have to tally it up. So to get them to count in mm. their head, it's like, okay, what are we at now? This is our budget. We've got, you know, $150 safe for shopping this week. This is what we need to get. So it wasn't just buying all the expensive bars or whatever yeah. they wanted. It was like, okay, well, we've got the budget. Is, is that fitting in with what we're doing? And if something was on special, getting them to look if it actually was the best deal. So to look behind because, you know, you see special mm-hmm. sale um, to make sure that it actually is. And so I think we've probably encouraged, encouraged them a bit too much. So now they are <laughs> really frugal with their money. Um, I mean, our son Ben's just had his dream holiday. He's been to Patagonia, just went to Patagonia hiking for two weeks wow. and um, bought a new car and Charlie's saving. He wants to buy a home. And so, yeah, so we're, we're proud of them in that respect. Um, but, yeah, they're probably a little bit too frugal at the moment <laughs> because they don't want to pay board. So okay. <laughs> it's, it's like, do we have to pay board this week? Uh, yes, you do. You've got to pay your way. Um, so, sorry, I went off on another tangent there. No, but I think there's some great lessons so in, in, yeah. that, in that, um, teaching, taking kids to the supermarket with Absolutely. you. Absolutely, yeah. Showing them, you know, that in the fine writing on yes. the tags about, you know, cost per 100 grams. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so they can understand what is actually a bargain. Yeah. Taking them shopping when you're going for white goods and that yep. kind of thing and looking at percentage yep. off and is yep. this a good deal or not. Absolutely. But also if your boys, like them being able to achieve those massive goals mm. is fantastic. And what I think a lot of people when they're thinking about budgeting, because we run an Excel spreadsheet and mm-hmm. we've really across what we are spending. Oh, same, yeah. And yeah. what we're bringing in. Yeah. And a lot of people are like that sounds really restrictive that you've got, you know, that you've got a budget. Yeah. A budget allows you to go to Cuba. I love that. To, I love you that. know, to do a budget yes. allows you to buy that handbag you really wanted. Yes. Yes. 
And so I think a budget is freedom. Yes. Yeah. And and that's probably one of the first things we do with a lot of clients is do a budget. Actually, Mm. in our money management course, one of the first things we do before we even set goals Mm. is work out a budget. And the budget is not necessarily you have to stick to this. It's you have to know what's coming in and what your obligations to pay are. So how do you know what goals to set unless you know what you've got to set that because if you've got no leftover and you're setting a goal to buy a home in 12 months, then you're going to fall flat on your face and be disappointed and deflated because you've got nothing to save towards that. So you've got to know what you're spending. And another thing is, you know, going back through your statements and you probably get this with the mortgages as well because the banks want to know your past three months, is it? Yes. As spending? Yes, correct. So before you even go if, you, if someone comes in and says, we want to get a home, it's like, okay, go back through your last three months of statements. How much money have you spent? Because it's the first thing mortgage broker is going to ask you for. Yeah. And the bank, your last three months of your statements, if your spending's out of control, then you're potentially going to have, have problems. Um, but there was a point I was getting to. <laughs> I keep going off on my little tangent. Maybe I should have had a stronger coffee this morning. <laughs> Holly, Holly. Um, goals. It was goals. Yes. Yep. I wanted to talk about setting goals. Mm. Um, so how do you and Carl go about that? Do you guys sit down and say, right, the next 12 months, I mean, you're a business, but on a personal level? And this is where we where we do differ yep. a lot. Um, I don't know if it was in part one or part two or part one where I discussed that the business is 10 years old and yes. Marcus uh, – Marcus, I'm not married to Marcus, he's my son. Who's the other guy? <laughs> Carl, that's it, my husband Carl. He doesn't like, who's that guy? He doesn't like celebrating, he doesn't parties, holidays, yeah. no. And so this is where we differ a lot because okay. I want to spend money on holidays yes. and, and fun stuff. stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's where setting goals can be quite quite tricky. We so we have to ne- negotiate okay. quite a bit yeah. on on those sorts of things. As far as long term goals go, we're very aligned. So you know, yeah, awesome. with goals around what we want to do with um, a property portfolio, mm-hmm. with our retirement, mm-hmm. and with always having a very safe, comfortable, reassuring buffer. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when we started the the business and. The first couple of years were really hard, to be honest with yeah, you. There was yeah. not much money coming. Well, I mean, I don't think we got our first client for about a year. Yeah. So there was okay. money coming in when yeah. I had my maternity leave. Yeah. Um, the main goal was just building up, building the buffer back up. Yeah. So that we've got a nice kind of mm-hmm. security blanket there. Um, so yeah, it's it's discussion, it's negotiation, but on the big the big things mm-hmm. we're we're aligned because yes. we're both really value secure, just feeling safe. Yes. 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 I love that because yeah, I think I mentioned before, I don't know if it was the last first yeah. episode of this, <laughs> but we get a lot of clients coming to us pre-retiree, retiree. Mm. So, you know, heading towards 60, middle 60, and, and they've not discussed what they want to do in retirement. And they've both got very different ideas. One wants to just play golf every day and one wants to, you know, retire up or down the coast. And it's like Oh, guys, wow, should have talked about this yes. long before you came to see us. So, yeah, really encourage those conversations early mm. as possible, mm. definitely, definitely. Joe, Yes. Any last tips you want to give us as, you know, with as a couple setting goals, budgeting? What are your, your top three things that you and Carl do? 
or even your top thing. Okay. Um, have a good understanding of where your money's going. And that can feel really terrifying. And like, you just want to go, oh, I don't want to look at it. Ooh, just, it's it's yes. going. And um, no, I know it feels really hard, but it, it will make a really big difference to just know where your money is going. And, and then you can take action from there, but there's no pressure, but just at least know. Yes. And you might just notice some, some leaks where you're like, why am I spending $1,000 a year on macadamia nuts? Yes. I don't know why I said that, but just, you, you know, just like something so, so random. So just have really good visibility on what, on what you're spending. Have a budget, an Excel spreadsheet, an app. It, it, it doesn't matter just no. how you have, but just have it and review it regularly. Yes. Yeah. I agree regularly. regularly. Mm. And have a chat about what your value, your money values are early yes i love it yeah love it love it love it mm. so thank you joe for oh, your pleasure. little insights there and for chatting to me about your money and your relationship with garland money hopefully he's okay with that but <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah he'll be fine oh it's easy to ask for permission that it is for uh forgiveness that it is for exactly. permission so <laughs> so thank you for joining me and we will see you on the next episode of the money brew Thanks for joining me for another episode of The Money Brew. Make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. We'd also love you to share this podcast with any friends, family or colleagues who might be interested in starting a conversation around money. This information is intended to provide general information only and has been prepared without taking into account any particular person's objectives financial situation or needs, any general advice contained within or given during this podcast, whether orally or in writing, does not consider your individual objectives, financial situations or needs. Nothing in this podcast is intended to be investment, financial advice or a recommendation to invest in a financial product. Before acting on such information, you should consider the appropriateness of the information having regard to your personal objectives, financial situation or needs. In particular, you should obtain professional advice before acting on the information contained in this podcast. Creo Wealth is a corporate authorised representative of Matrix Planning Solutions Proprietary Limited.